Um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> You'll see an outline printed there in your bulletin. Uh, just for some context, remember uh, what's, when this is happening, when God gave them the Ten Commandments. He just pulled them out of Egypt, out of slavery, uh, out of idolatry, and now he, um, after he's redeemed them, he's going to give them the Ten Commandments, show them a way to live that is uh, good. And really, the Ten Commandments are a plea to live the good life. So the people of Israel are at the foot of the Mount Sinai. Moses is on top of the mountain, and God is going to give them the Ten Commandments. Um, So let me read. This is Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. We'll read uh, all seven verses, but you'll see the the seventh verse is uh, bolded because that's where we're going to be focusing this morning. This is God's word. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, Am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is God's word. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, um, please give us ears to hear. Uh, We need your help. We need your help to listen. We need your help um, to understand the gospel, to understand your law, and to revere your name, uh, to fear you, and to to renown you. And I pray, Lord, um, that you would increase and we would decrease. Give us ears to hear, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So since the very beginning, since the fall of mankind, we humans have been trying to make a name for ourselves. We've been trying to get ourselves famous. We've been trying to um, make ourselves popular in the eyes of men. Uh, There's perhaps no better proof of this than the the modern day proof of this is the the love of social media. What What does Facebook and Instagram and all these things offer us? Well, they offer us, uh, it promises us the ability to make a name for ourselves quickly and easily, and not only to make a name for ourselves, but to curate a name, to only present things that make us look good. So that's what we do. We turn to these um, social media outlets in hopes that we can become famous, but of course there's consequences. Uh, We go in hopes that we'll We'll make a name for ourselves, but we leave, we, f- we feel empty and restless and alone. We, we don't feel better at all. It doesn't help us. Well, this desire uh, to make a name for ourselves is nothing new. It goes all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 11, you remember, kids, the story of the Tower of Babel? What do they say? They say, this is from Genesis chapter 11. 
all the citizens of Babel, this town, they come together and they say, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. You know, we've never stopped. We've never stopped trying to build a reputation for ourselves. Another great example of this, I think, is uh, New York City. Now, New York City is a city that offers us and has, has allured many people to go there. Now, certainly not everyone who's there goes there for this reason, but many flock to New York City thinking, if I can go there, I can make a name for myself. Whether it's in business, whether it's in art, whether it's in music, they think, if I can go there, I can, that city will make me into someone memorable. But the reality, of course, is far less glamorous. Uh, One author wrote this about what it's like to live in New York City. He said, living in New York is not for the faint of heart. Most come here to make a name for themselves, and it shows. You have to hustle to make it. Some people work 150 hours a week, and others have two or three jobs just to scrape by. Another New Yorker describing what it's like to live there says this, It's a city full of empty people. There's an immense feeling of loneliness and isolation. Now, I don't want to just throw New York under the bus. My point is to say we're all like this, right? We all want to make a name for ourselves. And when we do, we end up like this. We end up lonely, restless, workaholics. And if you've been in any career... For any amount of time, you've probably been stepped over by a variety of people who were trying to make a name for themselves. Or you have stepped over people yourself. And it leaves us sad, lonely, restless. Why is this? It's because we were not designed. God did not make us, did not create us to try to build our own reputations. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a good reputation, but it's not healthy for us to live life for that. And when we do, bad things happen. So as we look at the third commandment today, we're going to see that God wants us to be free of this desire. He wants us to live to glorify his name. And when we do that, we will experience freedom. So we're going to be asking this question. If you like to take notes, I'll repeat this a few times, but as we look at the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, we're going to be asking this question, why should you build God's reputation and not your own? First, point one in your outline, because reputation matters. Let's look here at these very first three words, you shall not. Uh, In Hebrew, this is emphasized. The emphasis of the sentence is right here. You shall not. He's saying don't, in all caps, exclamation mark. Don't do this. You've heard it said, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Talk is cheap. God disagrees. God says words matter. What you say matters. How you talk about God really matters. It reveals what's in your heart. 
And as Nathan showed us last week, when God makes a negative command, when he says, don't take my name in vain, there's an implied positive command. He's saying, you should revere my name. You should lift it up. Just like kids, when, you're, when your mom and dad say, don't be mean to your brother, well, they're also saying, you should be nice to your brother. Treat him well. In the same way, God is not telling us just, don't say my name. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, treat his name with respect. And when he says name, what does he mean? What does God mean when he says name? Well, name is is not just his name. Here, it's his proper name, Yahweh. When you see L-O-R-D in all caps like that, it's his proper name, Yahweh, which he revealed to Moses. But it's more than that. He's not just talking about his name. He's talking about his reputation. He wants us to revere his reputation. Uh, The catechism says it this way. This is uh, from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number 54. The third commandment requires the holy and reverent use of God's name, titles, attributes, ordinances, that's like the Lord's Supper um, and baptism, his word and his works. So God, in this commandment, is telling us anything that has to do with him, anything that is tied to God's reputation is to be revered. So when God says name, he's saying it in the same way we might say, you have, you've ruined my good name. Now we're not saying, you know, you butchered the spelling or you pronounced it wrong. We're saying, you're, you're spoiling my reputation. You're making me look bad in, in the eyes of people. That's what God means when he says, take his name in vain. And he is extremely passionate about his name. Listen to the way he talks about his name. First, I'm just going to cite a few passages. Ezekiel 39, verse 25, God says, Now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. Psalm 23, 3. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will make me lie down in green pastures. Why does he do all this? He tells us. Why does God take such good care of us? He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for, my, for his namesake. Not for my namesake, for his namesake. What's the first line of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God cares About his name. And what does it mean to use God's name in vain? Well, it means to misuse his name. Specifically to use it carelessly or insincerely. To use it um, like it it has no weight. Like it doesn't matter. To talk about him as if he, he doesn't exist at all. Or like he's not in the room with us. You know, we, we wouldn't dare talk bad to someone's face. Maybe we'll talk behind their back. But we're willing to talk about God, say, talk about him as if he's not real, as if he's not right there in the room. He's always with us. And our words need to reflect that. So I ask you, how does God's name, how does his reputation come off of your lips? 
Does the way you talk about God, does it build his reputation? Does it make people love him more? Long for him more? Or do you treat his name like it's light, like it's not a big deal, like you could take it or leave it? Let's look at point two. Why should you build God's reputation and not your own? Because irreverence will be punished. And now we're going to look at the second half of verse 7. God attaches a warning to this commandment. He doesn't just give us the commandment, he gives us a warning. And he says this, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You know, for many of the commandments, for example, for stealing or lying or murdering, we know if we do those things, we're going to get in trouble. If you kill someone, most likely you're going to go to prison. If you steal, most likely you're going to get in trouble. But we look at this commandment and we think, you know, I can misuse God's name and probably no no one's going to care. The law won't persecute me, won't prosecute me. And it's true, it's a free country, absolutely. You could go around all the time dragging God's name through the, through the mud, belittling him, belittling his church, his sacraments, his word, and most likely, no human court will ever hold you accountable. But God assures us that he will. He's giving us a very serious warning. He's actually understating it. It's, it's as if he's saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. you you've all seen um, Western movies, I'm sure. And in, I mean, it's just a motif in Western movies. It happens over and over again, and it's awesome. We love it. There's a young and up-and-coming up and gunslinger, and then you've got the old gunslinger, the established guy. He's the fastest gun in the West. And, of course, he's you know, in the bar drinking, and in comes this young hothead, and he, he's got something to prove. He walks in and kind of looks at, at the old-timer, and he's ready to challenge him. He puts his, his uh, hand on his pistol, ready to challenge the old-timer. And what is the old-timer? He looks at him, and he says... I wouldn't do that if I were you. And of course, we know, we know how that usually goes in Western movies. The young guy, of course, thinks he's faster, but he is dead wrong. He learns the hard way. When God says that he will not hold him guiltless, he's in effect saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You may feel big and strong now. It may look like there won't be any consequences. Maybe there won't today. Maybe there won't be tomorrow. But there will be consequences. I wouldn't do that if I were you. There's many ways to take God's name in vain. There's many ways. I think one of the the primary ways we do this is we, we treat our own opinions as if they are more important than God's word. And by doing that, we belittle God. We belittle his word. We take his name in vain. And what, with this warning, God is saying, look, there, there is perhaps nothing more foolish 
than to dishonor the name of the sovereign God. That is not a fight that you want to pick. Whether it's his name, the name of Jesus, his church, his bride that he loves, that's the church, his word, the Bible, God is very serious about these things. He is filled with zeal. So he says, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. 1 Peter 5, verses 4 through 6, says it this way. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. That is a, a severe warning from the Lord. He is very serious about his name. Let's keep going. Point three. Why should you build God's reputation and not your own? So that was kind of the, the hard teaching. Now this is more positive. This is more um, encouraging, I hope. Because your name is bound to his. Uh, let's think about how this command fits into the biblical story. So this is given at Mount Sinai, um, long before Jesus ever walked the earth. And as we move into the New Testament... God the Son comes in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And when he does, he takes on a name. And that's Jesus. And he also takes on a title, that is Christ. Christ means anointed one or the Messiah or the Savior. And this Savior, he died on the cross to pay the price for the sins of his people. And who are his people? Who are, who are the people that are tied to God, that are bound to his name? We heard it earlier in our assurance of forgiveness. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A Christian, what a Christian is, is someone who has called upon the name of the Lord. A Christian is someone who has forsaken their own reputation and attached their identity to the name of Christ. That's why we're called Christians. That's one who follows Christ. Where Christ goes, I go. If Christ is honored, we are honored. If Christ is disgraced, we are disgraced. The Spirit of Christ lives in us. So we, in effect, we walk around, if you're a Christian and you claim to be a Christian, you walk around with an arrow just blinking above you that says, Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I represent Jesus, I represent Jesus. Uh, The Francis's gave me a shirt that says on the front, Jesus loves you. Just like, just that, Jesus loves you. And I usually wear it around the house because, um, I don't know, it's a good pajama, good pajama shirt. Um, and it's a great shirt except when, you, when it starts to make you look like a hypocrite. And one day I was wearing that shirt, it says Jesus loves you, and I was in a foul mood. And of course I was um, you know, with my wife and kids and I was kind of treating Anna Lee like, like an annoyance or like a nuisance. 
I wasn't being kind to her. I was sort of demeaning, belittling. And then I walked in, in front of a mirror and I saw my shirt. And it said, Jesus loves you. There I was representing Christ, supposedly representing Christ. But I was communicating to my wife, hey, you're kind of annoying. The exact opposite message that Christ himself wanted me to communicate to my wife, which is, I love you. I care about you. You're special. You're important. You're cherished. I had misrepresented him. I had taken his name in vain. I had put dirt on his name. So I ask you, does your life, if you are a Christian, you claim to be a Christian, does your life, both public and private, both in real life, in the flesh, and digitally online, does it reflect, does it represent Christ's name well? Does it bring him honor or dishonor? What would your wife say? What would your children say? Let's keep going. Why should you build God's reputation and not your own? Because Jesus died to set you free from self-promotion. Uh, kids, I hope you haven't, but have you ever been given just a terrible nickname from, from your friends at school or from a bully at school? Um, probably, adult, I could ask adults too. Adults, have you ever been given a terrible nickname? Probably yes, I have. Um, and they are burned, they're seared in my mind. I won't say them because it's too risky. Um, <clears throat> but I can remember, as a middle schooler, I can remember being given nicknames that were just horrible. And every time, every time I heard that nickname roll off of someone's tongue, it hurt. It hurts, doesn't it? It was like a knife in my chest, and I would have done anything to erase those nicknames. So if you could keep your name clean, would you keep your name clean? If you could guarantee that no one would ever say something bad about you. Would you do that? I I would love that if I could guarantee that. Of course, we don't really have that option, but God did. God had that option to keep his name completely unspoiled by us. But he didn't take that option Instead, he condescended, he got down into the dirt. First, he did this by revealing his name, the name Yahweh. He told us his name, and as soon as he told us his name, guess what? We started abusing it. Then he associated himself with people, with humans that were sinners. And make no mistake, God knew that when he associated himself with Israel that people were going to say bad things about him because of what the Israelites did. He associated himself with the church, the New Testament church. God knows when he, when he 
gave us his name when he said, this is the church of Jesus Christ. That his name would be drugged through the mud because of us. And ultimately, when he took on flesh and became a man, he risked his good name. And of course, he would have his reputation completely destroyed. He would be falsely accused, falsely condemned. He was mocked. I've never been mocked in public, at least not that public, spit on, stripped naked, crucified. Talk about ruining a reputation. Philippians 2 says, says it this way, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why did he do this? Why did God get his reputation dirty? Because he loves you. Because he loves his bride, the church, his people. And he knows that it was the only way to set us free from a life of self-promotion. He looked down from heaven and he saw us all building our little mini towers of Babel, stepping over each other, destroying one another, and he said, I have got to set them free from this cycle of self-promotion. If you don't believe me that we love self-promotion, I'll just give you a few examples. Why do we blame shift? Okay, if you've ever gotten an argument with someone, what do you do? You start blaming them. And it's very difficult. It's almost impossible. Doesn't it feel impossible to say, it's my fault, you're right, I'm wrong. Why is that so hard? Well, because it's, it's a mark against our reputation. <clears throat> Another proof. Why, why is it so hard for us to public speak? Why is public speaking the number one fear? Well, because it's the fastest way to destroy your reputation. <clears throat> We're absolute slaves to what others think of us. Why do we overwork? Why is it so hard for us to tell our boss no? Because he holds, our boss, he or she holds the reputation and our career in their, in their hands. And we, we, we have to make a name for ourselves. We know we've, we've got to keep working up that ladder. <clears throat> this is a prison. It's a prison that we live in of self-promotion when we have to build our reputation. It is not good for us. Jesus died on the cross and gave you, if you are a Christian, he gave you his righteousness. He took your sin and he gave you a new set of clothes, perfectly clean, a perfect reputation. And when we work to build our own reputations... What we're saying to Jesus is, okay, thanks Jesus, thanks for living the perfect life, for humbling yourself, for dying on the cross for my sins, so that I could have 
I could receive a perfect reputation from God, but you know, that's not really enough. I actually, I need a, a great career too. I actually want to make a name for myself. Thanks for giving me this good name, Jesus, but I, I need to make my own name. No thanks. I'll do it myself. Christian, do not get caught in the prison that is self-promotion. Accept, accept the perfect righteousness that Christ has given to you. Whatever happens to your reputation here on earth, if you are in Christ, there is a perfect reputation waiting for you in heaven which no human can spoil. No one. No matter what people say about you, it waits you in heaven and no one can touch it. This brings us to our last point, uh, point five. Why? Why should we build God's reputation and not our own? Because it is your destiny. We've said it, I've said it multiple times. You were not created to build your own reputation. You were made to build God's. To exalt yourself is to Go against God's design. I don't know if you think about it this way. We, we often as humans, we think of ourselves as above creation, but we are part of creation. We are part of the natural world. And we are set apart. We are special, the crown jewel. But we are part of it. And all of creation was made for the purpose of giving praise and glory to God, of making his name known. Uh, Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 and 2 says this, The heavens above declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveal knowledge. We are part of this creation. The heavens, the earth, the, the creatures, and the sea, and the birds, and the animals. We are part of the creation. And just like creation, we are designed to bring glory to God, to put his name up in lights. There's a great song, uh, I think it's called So, so Will I, and it says this, it says, If the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. If everything exists, to lift you high, so will I. This is not only what you were made for, but it is also where you were headed. What is your end? What is your destiny? It is your destiny to give honor to Christ. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 9. This is the verse after the one I read earlier. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Look, I, I don't know what most of the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I can say with 100% certainty, and I don't say this about just about anything, 
It is your destiny to get down on your knees, these knees right here, get down on your knees, they're going to be on the ground, and you will be giving glory to Jesus Christ. No matter what you do in this life, no matter how great a career you have, how great a mom you are, what your reputation is like in the community, on that day when Jesus returns, there is one name. There is one name and one name only that will be exalted. Every other name will fade away. Every other reputation will be far less important. There's only one name. And it's not your name. It will be the name of Jesus. Only Christ and his people will be exalted. So please, please, stop working to build your own name. Forget about building your name. You don't need to do it. It won't bring you joy. It won't bring you peace. It will only lead to anxiety, restlessness, discontent. Instead, honor God. Live to make His name known. And and you will find life, both now and forever. This is good news. Let me pray. Uh, Lord, your law is like a mirror. And when we look into it, we see, Lord, that we are great sinners. Lord, I confess that I care deeply about my reputation. We all really, really care what people think about us. We really want to be famous, Lord, but would you help us to live instead for your reputation, for your name, to make your name famous and not our own and would we Lord would you help us do this so that we can experience the life that is found in living the way you made us to live and Lord when we sin and we seek our own reputation help us to turn to you for you died on the cross for our sins so that we could be free from this we lift all this up to you Lord and we pray in Jesus name Amen.